All right, 519, Ed Warder from uh, ESPN joins us. And, uh, Ed, good afternoon. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing good. Uh, just talking some Cowboy football and and uh, what's going on with uh, with the Cowboys as they trade a player yesterday and then they release a couple more today. Right. I, I think that we are seeing for the first time uh, a really uh, reactive response from uh, the front office and the coaching staff uh, with different messages directed at the locker room for the lackadaisical deteriorating level of play and the general poor performance. I think what, what happened first after this Washington game was we heard from, you know, both Jerry and Stephen Jones uh, pledging support for Mike McCarthy. And to me, that was a message to the locker room that you guys are accountable to this coaching staff and to McCarthy. Uh, he's going to decide the fate of this locker room and these players this season and beyond. So don't think he's getting, you're getting him fired. And then I think the reinforcing message came in the form of removing the three recent defensive starters, Everson Griffin, who had minimal trade value, and then Don Atari Poe and Daryl Worley, who had none. But it sends, I think, a provocative message uh, to trade a player and to release two players. Uh, now, whether the, the players respond, I don't know. Uh, but between that and between the fact that the Eagles aren't very good and the Cowboys do have some players uh, coming back, potentially even you know Sean Lee, but certainly Zach Martin and uh, Cheeto Wuzie at corner, they should be better in terms of talent at at least three positions if those guys all come out and play this week. Ed, let me ask you this: Do you think that uh, Jerry will posture this thing as you know as being more of a seller? Could you see him? And I know there's not a lot of uh, they don't have a lot of value with what they have on the defensive side of the football, but on the other side of the ball, I mean, I, I still think Zeke is a heck of a back. I mean, do, do you think there – could you see Jerry, you know, kind of cutting loose of some of his – some, you know, some of those strings and some of those ties he has to guys like Zeke or possibly Amari Cooper? I mean, could, could those guys be in a situation where they could get traded? Uh, I would say no, because they both just signed contracts in the last eight months. And so I didn't, I haven't looked it up because I didn't anticipate that being a, a, a reasonable consideration for the Cowboys. Um, obviously they could live without Amari Cooper's skill, given what they have at the wide receiver position. Uh, I'm not sure they're ready to give up on Ezekiel Elliott. I just think that the dead money would be so, uh, you know, devastating to them especially given this offseason where they haven't signed their quarterback and they're probably going to have to franchise tag him again. And the, and the cap theoretically could plunge significantly and be like, you know, go from $220 million to $170 million. Now you're talking about dead cap money for a receiver and a running back, uh, arguably your two best players at those positions, and then still have to sign your quarterback. So I don't think financially they'd be really in a position to do that and benefit from it in the way you would want to. Yeah, and the the other thing I, I know you mentioned this earlier that that you know obviously Stephen and Jerry have pledged their allegiance to Mike McCarthy. There, there's times that a lot of people think that's the kiss of death in, in in some situations, but I know with you having covered this team forever, I know you understand you know Jerry and, and not wanting to admit that he's possibly made a mistake in the hiring, but you know if this team doesn't turn it around, let's say they go. Three and thirteen, they go four and, and, and twelve. I mean, do, do what do you see them really doing? I mean, do you see them standing pat, or do you think that there could be some changes that could be made? 
Well, I think they could make some staff changes, even if they don't have that horrific a season. Um, but I don't think Mike McCarthy is going to get fired for a lot of reasons, one of which you mentioned, which is, you know, Jerry doesn't want to admit that the general manager of this franchise hired the wrong guy to be the head coach. Um, and then beyond that, he doesn't want to have to, you know, as I mentioned, the, the financial you know, situation being what it is during this pandemic where uh, the owners aren't making the kind of revenue that they're used to because they don't have any season ticket sales for the most part. Um, and so now Jerry's going to be putting, putting himself voluntary in a position where he's got to pay McCarthy and his whole staff and then the next head coach and his whole staff. I just don't see that being a solution that, that Jerry finds appealing in, in any way. I think uh, he's much more likely, even if he thinks he hired the wrong guy, I think he'd be reluctant to admit it this quickly, and he'd try to suggest that, well, you're not going to win when you've lost your whole offensive line uh, and you lost your you know, starting quarterback four five games into the season. It wasn't reasonable to expect that you're going to have a great deal of success under those circumstances, and you know, hopefully we get those guys healthy and, and we can be a dominant offense again. We certainly showed signs of that before Dak went down. Uh, I, just don't see, I just don't see any reasonable way that they make a coaching change. I mean, you fire Chan Gailey. After two years, that's the shortest term any coach has had under under Jerry. And Jerry's often talked about how he regretted not giving him a third season, that that was unfair in his mind. Uh, and Wade Phillips is the only coach to ever get fired during the season, but he wasn't in his first year as a head coach. And, and Jerry had the guy he wanted to be the next head coach on the staff, and I'm not sure unless it's Kellen Moore he has that situation now. Right. Let, let, let's look at the rest of the league. And, and, and again, we're talking with Ed Werder. Ed, I appreciate you jumping on with us today. Uh, the rest of the league, though, we, we currently have probably two uh, – there are two coaching openings with as many as possibly five that are out there. Ed, talk to us about some of the – who you feel, you know, some of the up-and-coming candidates could be to fill these jobs. I know we've talked about this off-air multiple times, but share with our listeners kind of some guys that you think, you know, you might keep an eye out on and, 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 and guys that you think are up-and-coming young coaches – that, that could get a shot at, you know, at a place like Atlanta or, you know, if, if the Jets were to decide to make a move? Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, I think Todd Bowles, who was here as, you know, a defensive coach under Bill Parcells and uh, who was a head coach in New York, and, and I think everybody recognizes the challenges that come with trying to coach the Jets and be successful. Uh, given what he's doing in Tampa on defense, I think he's going to be – a top three or four candidate. I think Jim Caldwell uh, is a potential candidate. You know, he had a couple winning seasons in Detroit, uh, and they haven't been able to replicate that since he left. I think Brian Daybold, the uh, offensive coordinator, who's done such a great job with Josh Allen in Buffalo. I think Eric Bieniemy, uh, because of his relationship with Andy Reid and, and, and the, the contribution he's made to the offense that they have around Patrick Mahomes and winning a Super Bowl and you know being among the best teams in the, in the NFL pretty much since he and Andy have been together. He doesn't you know, have, he's not singularly responsible for calling the plays, but he has a role in helping Andy do that. And I think a lot of people are going to find that appealing. He's the guy to me who's going to get the most interviews right after this season's over. Right. Well, listen, I, I appreciate you jumping on with us, Ed. I know it's uh, I know, I know you got a lot going on this time of year, but I appreciate you jumping on with us, and, and, and thanks, for, thanks for your time today. All right, thanks. I'll talk to you Sunday on the Doomsday Podcast, my friend.